five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Space Between Podcast. I'm here with my beautiful friends, Eddie Donaldson and the co-host, Joy Natolo. And um, today we'll be discussing uh, spiritual awakenings and more specifically the Kundalini awakening with both of these two beautiful people share. Um, and first and foremost, I would love to ask you, Eddie, um, how did you meet Joey? <laughs> well, all right. Let's get right to it. Let's get huh? right into yeah. it. Let's dig right in. See, Todd, uh, first off, thanks for having me. Um, and you Good know, to me, see you. Yeah, yeah. Always a pleasure to see Joey and, and, and family. Um, so um, 25 years ago, I rented an apartment on Burbank between Reseda and White Oak. And I had a troublesome roommate, to say the least. It wasn't paying the rent. Just real trifling type dude. Myron. Yeah, his name's Myron. And then uh, one day he came in the house and he's like, hey, um, I want to I want to rob the neighbor. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah I, I'm going to sell him a kilo of cocaine at a much reduced rate. This, this is a spiritual value. show. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is so at a much lower price than what market value bared at the moment. So I was like, how are you going to do that? So he, you know, long story short, wanted to make a fake kilo and, and, and rob the neighbors, which ended up being Joey friend of mine was there there was a mutual friend of ours and he was like I don't think that's a good choice kind of a dangerous dude you should probably be careful so I we flipped a twist on him I went over and I spoke to Joey and I told him what was going on and Joey had a really great idea to take the kid on a ride and maybe change the course of his life I guess Joey was a spiritual teacher early on and (laughs) (laughs) using using other methods to do so um so we took him for a ride in the car and I think he peed in the back seat little bit and then we dropped him off on the side of the freeway about five how five miles from home and joey proceeded to help me move him out and put all this shit on the curb um and then he came home and didn't have a place to live anymore and the rest is history me and joey were friends ever since we were like-minded individuals then like we are now that's how it happened yeah and you think back about that it's it's wild to think of the things that we did yeah you know but that brought us like wow. super close, super quick. Like not very many people get that fast track to the friendship. You no, know? that will that will that will shock your system into yeah, being close to somebody when you're when it, levels of fear and adrenaline are all happening like that. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was a lot of. Stuff it was a happening. movie scene though. We talk about it a lot. Like you could write a movie about the shit that me and Joey have okay. done since it, then. Yeah. Maybe a couple different movies with different <laughs> titles and. No, they'd that be out watching the house. They'd be out watching the house. I remember I walk out and I would just be like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, you did a little more than that. Yeah. One day, me, you, and Bally were going to get lunch, yeah. and we came out, and they were sitting across the street in a Caprice or whatever, and Joey's like, yo, pull over, Eddie. I, I want to invite him to lunch. Are we going to yeah. breakfast? And I'm yeah. like, what? I got a warrant. I'm like, I'm not pulling over. He goes, come on, man. No bullshit. Pull over. And he goes, hey, guys, we're going to go over here to the cafe. If you guys are hungry, let us know. You, we'll get you some breakfast. And then they followed us to the fucking restaurant. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. It's yeah, between that time, just thinking about that, the different people and friends that we've had along that way that aren't here, and to look at that, even like Scruffy or Jeff, yeah. it's, it's wild to have, to, to have a friendship that lasts this long and, and to be in a situation and go back and think of those things and, yeah. and to, to look back. You know, you say, I wish I could look back. And, and you know, if you could, like you just said earlier, you know, to you make decisions. And, yeah. Then what mm-hmm. I know now. Yeah. Well, you do. It's like, you know, a lot of people say that, but you actually have that gift to have it and look and go, now I can make decisions with everything moving forward. Yeah. You don't have to look back. No, you're right. But it's interesting because I was just thinking about Scruffy. He's gone. He's locked up. Who? I didn't know that. Yeah. Who's Scruffy? He was just like a, he was a runner for us. Like, yeah. You know, dude, but he was, all, uh, he was a nice kid, a nice Jewish kid. But 
I don't know. He just got into drugs and he got locked when, up. One day Scruffy's asleep. You're going to love this one, Jack. <laughs> one day Scruffy's asleep and me and Joey are recuperating from the night before. He's like, watch this. Because they used to always play tricks on each other. It was like jackass, but fucking, you know. And Joey took some Lighting paper. Lighting each other on fire. No, what? but that's a, yeah, he put a he put a bunch of paper on Scruffy's chest while he was sleeping. <laughs> and he lit it on fire. And Scruffy woke up <laughs> mad. <laughs> you know what it was? It wasn't paper. It was you know baby's breath you put in flour like a roses. I don't remember what it was. It was baby's breath, so it was all dry and brittly, and I just stuck it on his chest, and I didn't think Did anything. It. Baby's, I just lit it. Baby's what? Baby's breath. It's, it's like you put little, it in roses, but it was all white. dried up. Yeah, it's like the accent. Yo, that's and, wow. And I lit it. I lit it, and it went like up. And I didn't, you know, you don't think about yeah, yeah, the consequences yeah, of what's yeah, going to happen. Understand. And I'm like, oh, no. Already and he yeah. threw it on the carpet and it was like, we're putting out fucking bed sheets. Pretty nuts. <laughs> Pretty nuts. No, that was. Scruffy's in jail right now with a scar on his chest. That is a yeah, three that, alarm fire. That, that, that. Yeah. That's that, what happened. I mean, you guys have such a, you know, when I sat down with, with Eddie and was able to capture some of the stories um, and then knowing Joey for such a long time now, um, more than just true to spirit um two amazing humans man amazing stories uh first and foremost eddie i would love to know, understand how you kind of uh came into um, your own understanding of spirituality like was it an early start in your life did you have a loss in your life that brought you to well, it what got you involved I mean, in that for that me world? having a higher power has been a tricky slippery slope <clears throat> i grew up in baptist church in louisville kentucky i went to a catholic school uh, for high school i went to an episcopalian uh uh, elementary and, and, and middle school. So there's always been some sort of element of a higher power existing in my life. Um, my mom passed away. I was 16. So I kind of gave up on it. I wanted to fight Jesus. I was like, come on down here, just come in the room so I can <laughs> choke you out. You know, like seriously, like it, you know, I literally, you know, spent nights like begging them to just pop up in the room real quick, you know? Um, so I kind of lost my faith, uh, and veered away. And then I, you know, kind of, I, did, I discovered agape for a while, which was cool, but it was more about the chicks and the food afterwards mm -hmm. and like kind of just feeling like you had done something right during the week. I didn't really practice it. It's kind of more like a pep rally. Mm. Um, and then I had an experience with some friends where I, 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 I did some things I wasn't proud of. And my current girlfriend at the time, Lisa Falcone, was like, you need to go to Kundalini. I need you to, if I'm not going to go out with you anymore, if you don't come to And class. you know her son, who I knew since he was like, three or four years old, now goes to Kundalini classes. Yeah, because we saw him in class together. I still see him. It's yeah. crazy to see him there. So she's like, I'm breaking up with you if you don't go to class. And if you saw her and knew who she was, you'd say, okay, go to class. <laughs> right? Oh, no, trouble. Big trouble. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was, one of, it was JC's friend, my, my former wife. It's one of her best friends since she was like 13 years mm -hmm. old. And I saw Eddie roll up with her, and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And he asked me, what do you say? Like, when he goes, just tell me. What do you, he's like, I'm in love with her, but just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, Joey <laughs> gave it. No, but Joey was nice about it. He was like, dude, just be careful. She's cool, though. It. She's cool. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> Listen, she, you know, bad. Re it was a great relationship. I made some bad choices, but the best thing that ever happened to me was her taking me to Tage's class yeah. because I was able to, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just, she, Tage always talks about breathing deeper. Well, that, you know, you have a certain amount of breaths mm. in your life, and the more mm. you take, the more breaths you take, the shorter you're, you're making your visit here on, on Earth. And, and I breathe four times as deep as I used to. I learned a lot from Kundalini. It was definitely wow. probably the best thing that I can say has happened in my adult life besides my kids. And I think also <clears throat> something that you said to me that struck me and kind of like touched me was uh, you said when you went to Kundalini, you went to Tage's class, she made you hug yourself. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it's I, like I've I been would, hugging 
people for a long time, and I've been, I've been promoting hugs. I'm, 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 it's, I'm huge on that. As a big black dude, yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm huge on loving people up. And when you said <laughs> that, it just got to me. So tell me about that. I mean, you know, you go to Agape and you're like, I hope no one's seeing me crying right now. And, you know, Michael Beckwith's got you jumping up and down and you're hope, I hope there's none of these dudes that believe all the stories and they're here. Like, I hope Joey Natolo is not watching me jump around in class right now, or in, in service, right? Yeah, Kundalini teacher says, hug yourself. You know, you're like, wait a minute. You know, I've never even considered hugging myself, much less going back to when you were a baby and like the things that she was saying to me. And that was the moment where the door got kicked open for Eddie. Mm. Because, you know, I hugged myself and I think we hugged ourselves for three minutes. And by the time three minutes is over, I lost four pounds and a gallon of water out of my eyes. <laughs> and but I wasn't breathing fast. I wasn't crying and huffing. I was it, water was just draining out of my face without any of the it was just, you know, just purging. You know, did whatever. you know immediately when you went to class, how many times did it take for to, to notice that that was started to have an effect on you. That's the that was the awakening moment right there. Mm. The rest of it was going and doing exercises I wasn't comfortable with or feeling uncomfortable being a tad bit insecure or looking at a pretty girl that was there or like, oh, that dude's cool, like these little small things. But that was the moment where I was like, OK, I'm in trouble. There's something happening here to me. This mm. transformation is going to take place. And that's kind of when I locked in my seatbelt and laced up my boots and was like, this shit's for real. Wow. I went up to class after and I was like, thank you. That's the, you know, it was the first time I was able to kind of look her in the eye as a, as a student versus a visitor to the class. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. She yeah. is amazing. She is amazing. I can, I can attest to that. And mind you, I'm still the only black dude that goes to Tage, but, um, what? Well, I mean, when I'm in class, I'm, I'm the only one. I want, well, that's because we haven't seen each other there. Exactly. I haven't seen Eddie there. That. I got to get Eddie there. I, I got to, honestly, Eddie, you and I need to start going I'm, together. I'll just go tomorrow morning. There I'll go is. tomorrow morning. There it's it is. a date. We're going to go There it tomorrow. is. The funny thing is, is when you do go and not even, when we when we were doing the art show before, yeah. y your eyes, your eyes are clear, you're different in everything yeah. about, like, because I know when I Me see you, and you're just a dick, but when you're, but I'm telling you, when he does, it, it just you it has a different calmness about you. I'm just for yeah, real, for it's real. It's obvious, you yeah. Know, but it's it's one of those things. I was watching a movie. I was watching Billions last night because I missed it on Sunday. And the wife of the main of the one of the characters, the the district attorney for the U.S. or state of New York, she was like, "I need the killer in you right now to go out and do this, right?" And he's like, "Oh, now that it serves you, it's okay to be that guy, right?" Mm. But you've been judging me and ridiculing me for those kind of actions throughout our entire marriage. And it reminded me of myself because like you said, oh, you were a dick, right? But uh, everyone like, doesn't like the dick unless they want me to be the dick on their behalf, hmm. right. which I've done a ton of times for yeah. Joseph over here. Like when somebody owed some bread and it was like, can you go visit? It was like, but don't go nice guy, you know, be the dick. But you're right. I don't, I, I definitely feel a different person when you go in and connect to the source. Do you feel, let me ask you this, do you feel that you have longer reaction time before snapping? Meaning like, you know, now when I do things, I have that inner voice that tells me, well, wait, do this. Da, da. I just listen to it before I snap. So of like course. there's times I just, you'll see me kind of stall. And I go, and my, before I go, I'm about to go, yo, mother. Yeah, like across the street when we left. Yeah, you saw, you saw that. <laughs> I got up, he says, don't disrespect me. And I looked at him and I just was like, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker in my head <laughs> but I yes, said absolutely. time to go peace and love absolutely no there's definitely a, you know, like a <laughs> I mean for me one of the things I learned from Kudalini is it's intuition you know mm, as right. men they say females have better intuition than we do generally speaking which is true probably 
um, which I learned in class. The feminine power is, is, is way, way smarter than the masculine. Way and smarter. And less egotistical in but some situations. This is interesting you say that because I think one of the most the most interesting things for me coming into this and having an awakening and, and, and I conscious community, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. They'd be like, wait, what? Is to see guys like Jossie, because you look at him and you'd be like, or you or me, and we're talking about spirituality, which you don't usually see. You know, you see, I'm not saying I love trees, but I, love I, I say like, you know, like I'm not a tree hugger, yeah, no doubt. so to speak, but or like new age or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But to see guys, urban looking guys that talk like this, and yeah. I find that interesting because yeah. it wasn't me. Like I, I woke up and I was used to, you know, conducting a different myself, type of behavior, conducting absolutely. myself but a I, certain way. Yeah. I also think that, you know, we have a very specific background as far as like Eddie, both Eddie and I both went to private school. Um, so we sat, we, we, we had a certain container that allowed us to see deeper perspectives of life. Whereas yeah. if I grew up in, in, in Southeast and DC, I wouldn't be able to see that. I would only see those four walls in yeah, front of me. limited view. You know what I'm saying? So I think that the uh, the allowance of us to be these people now has only come from the the kind of foundation, the foundation. that was set up for us. Yeah. You know, like Mom Dukes yeah. knew I needed to go uh, deeper. I couldn't just go to public school. I, I, I would get in trouble. I'd probably, be, I'd probably be in jail right now. I'd probably be doing a lot of different things. But she put me on a route that gave me a, a, a better understanding of what I was capable of. Mm -hmm. And when I hear Eddie's story, it's very similar. Um, and then we chose a certain path because we're curious beings. Yeah. As a human being, you just want to go out in the world and find yourself. And as Eddie's story is similar to mine, we put ourselves into situations that um, we didn't deserve. But we did because we learned from that. Um, and we, it kind of frameworked um, who, we, who we've become, which is, I mean, this man's beautiful. Joey's beautiful. We all have gone through the struggle of figuring things out and come out on the other side. Very beautiful. So... Yeah, and, and, and I'm trying to understand all of it. How does that reflect in your life today? As far as like that, those tenants that you learned in, in, in Kundalini, how does that express itself in your work um, and just what you do today? Um, how does it I show mean, up? Like Joey asked, I'm much more patient. I have much more compassion. At least I try to practice these things. At least they're tools that are available now because they definitely were not available then. So right. I'm not perfect. And I'm not here. I don't go to class nearly enough. And I definitely am not the nicest person in the room, probably. But at, at least the tools are available and you understand the power of those tools, you know. And, and I mean, let's get real. When you talk about power and control, when you're able to actually utilize those things, you can actually you, you have an advantage over a lot mm. of people because they're not connected to why they're making decisions and why they're they have certain reactions. But when you can take that step back and utilize those tools, you, you have an edge up. So. You know, like I was telling you across the street, it's like Tage told me, like, we need powerful warriors in the Kundalini spiritual community. We can't have all a bunch of airy mm -hmm. new age hippies. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily how she worded it, but you get where I'm going from, where I'm coming from. I chose to not take that to class and I chose to take that in my inner day and my everyday workings. And mm -hmm. some people bug out, you know, like I went on a hike to the Hollywood sign <laughs> yesterday. And I spoke to every single person I passed and I said, hello to every, whether their head were down, whether they were white, black, purple. And I was with Oli and he's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are you saying hi to everyone? That was for me. I was charging my batteries. I was hmm. being, you know what I mean? Like that made me feel good. But I also know that people like when people speak to them, it's not normal all the time. But so I, I'm, I try to, as much as I can be that person that I can be in my, in my daily activities. You know, I'm not perfect though. It's, it's hard. I'm no, but it's but you could see it yeah. as far as when I when I when I came to you yeah, and I, I mean, came to you with some interesting shit. There we go. 
here we go. <laughs> so one, you know, one of our friends that he told us a story about lived with us when, when, when I first met Eddie, his name was Jeff and Jeff was a close friend of mine. He used to run drugs around and, uh, there's actually a movie that I produced called Man Apart. Mm-hmm. The, the, the part of uh, Timothy Oliphant was actually Jeff's which one, character. Which one was Tim? Timothy Oliphant was Jack Slayton. Ah, ah. So that character was Jeff, me, and one other person all kind of combined. Hollywood Jack. Character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so I went and I started hearing him talking to me. But all of a sudden, like, but I was thought, like, wait a second, what's going on here? I get bumps all over my arms, like I'm right now, and I start to lose this. And I hear him talking. So at first, I didn't say anything because I it felt I didn't understand what it was. But then when I got shipped off to a mental institution, I didn't know to anyone to talk to. So he goes, "This dead guy, right?" It says, "I need you to go talk to Eddie." Oh, hold on. Okay, <laughs> I was backtracking <laughs> a couple of steps. <laughs> so you know, what what what. What prompted you to be put into a mental institution? So what? Okay. So what happened was, actually, I went to a Boy George concert with my uh, my former wife, and I went to the bathroom. As I was walking to the bathroom, I could hear my friend singing in my ear, but so much so that I went to put my hand up to slap five like that. So when I did that, the <laughs> fact that I did that, I looked at my hand. I'm like, what the fuck? Am I, what am I doing? So I tripped. I'm like, what am I? But I heard him. And that started, so all of a sudden what happened was the next day I'd hear, but I would answer, I would just start speaking back to it in my head, you know, more and more. But then he started talking back and I didn't know what to do. So finally I told my former wife, told JC, I'm like, yo, I'm like, I think Jeff's trying to talk to me. And at first it was cute and it was okay. But then it was out the bag and I went to a mental institution and I was, I was, it was, it, it got much more um, uncontainable. I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, and I didn't know who to turn to. And so Jeff goes, go talk to Eddie. Yeah, and, 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 and not, not for nothing, but he says, I need you to meet. He starts rambling, and he's talking. And Joey's not a – Joey was a man of few words, you know. Um, at every minute, minute, time is money. You know what I mean? He ain't trying to do the niceties when you come over. He don't want – you know, how's the family? All he wants to hear is good. You know what I'm saying? He don't want to hear, well, she had measles, but no, I didn't ask all that. <laughs> Um, and he's like talking and I couldn't get a word in edgewise. And I'm like, let's, he's like, I got to meet you now. And I'm like, dude, yeah. now, sorry, bro, but not now. He's like, okay, tomorrow. And I said, okay, meet me after I go to class. So I left Tage's. I went across the street to the Chateau, never thinking anything that maybe Tage could help or I'm not setting it up. I'm just like, it would be convenient. And I meet him over there and he starts talking to me. And honestly, I didn't know whether to believe him or not believe him. But Joey has been super successful in mostly everything that Joey has done. We call him the golden child. So it's like everything he touched turns to gold. So I'm like, something different is happening to this dude. Don't know what it is. And I know that modern medicine is not prepared. So I'm like, you need to come to class. You need to, you need to talk to my teacher. She will tell you what to do. And I had no idea the, 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 where it would go. or I wasn't, I'm not that freaking smart. You know, like I'm, I'm good with it, but I ain't that good with it, right? <laughs> and I'm like, you guys need to talk. And he came to class and he was very uncomfortable. And he, you know, for months he was uncomfortable, probably still is a little bit at times because it's something different. But he talked to Tage and the rest was history because she knew what to tell him and and he knew what to listen to. And, you know. Yeah, that was the beginning of because when I walked up to her, it was funny because Eddie goes, there she is. And I thought he walked up behind me. (laughs) You know what I mean? And when I turned, he was gone. I was like, yo. (laughs) 
Yeah, because like, I didn't want it. Listen, I didn't know how that <laughs> shit was going to go. Like, Joey's talking to dead people and fucking the world's coming to an end. But it you seemed know. real real to me. So to me, like, everybody else was looking at me like I was crazy. But I, I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Because yeah. I, felt, I felt sane. So clear, yeah. But it sounded... Insane to people. Insane. Yeah, yeah, for well, sure. yeah, because at the time, the energy was so powerful. This is how Tage said it. She's like, there's a lot incoming to him right now, and he needs management tools. Mm, so yeah. not only was Jeff hollering at him, because I'll tell you right now, I believe that, that I speak to spirits. I believe that people who have passed that are in my life come to me with messages and, and actions happen in my life that mm. they're, they're signaling to me so that I pay attention to what's going on, you know, like straight up. You know, my mom talks to me all the time. But it's not my mom talking to me. It's not other, like 90 messages. They're not coming in at a mile a minute. They're coming in every once in a while. So it's a little easier to digest. Right. And Tage was like, he needs management tools. And next thing you know, he was doing privates. And him and Tage are going to lunch. And now here we are. You know? Now here we are. Yeah. And, and it's cool, I think, too, to, to just to connect some dots. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of what I've experienced from spirit, as far as just contacts with spirit, comes through loss. Like, I never... Growing up, I never had a true, um, I never experienced real loss in my life besides like a grandmother or a grandfather or something that was expected. Um, but I lost my brother, my oldest brother, I want to say a two, um, yeah, a year and a half ago. Um, and it changed everything um, because it, it kind of, I mean, I speak on these things often. I talk about compassion. I talk about love, all these things. But I never knew how it felt to feel lost, to yeah. feel like you've, you've lost a certain anchor to who you are until I lost my brother. And I think that is a certain um, anchor point for opening up oh, yeah. for all of us. Like, we, like something prompted us to just want to go a little deeper into understanding what the fuck is going well, on. Well, you know what I think it is? I think, and this, I don't know how to define it very accurately, but just my thoughts are, and this is new to me, it's like, think about it. If there is somewhere else besides here, if there's a spiritual realm, if there's another dimension, you now have an angel, per se, uh -huh. in other dimensions that is looking out, thinking about you, and has a different way to communicate with you. So they're obviously, that, that obviously is giving you that esoteric, that ether vibe, because someone that really cared about you is genuinely in that space where they can shoot you what they call God shots or whatever <laughs> it is. So when you're here and you don't know anybody who's passed, you're not getting those vibes because mm -hmm. unless it's somebody that was an, an ancestor, mm -hmm. you know, but you, know, you can't really relate because there weren't there the connection's not as tight that's how i feel about it and it took right. a while to get there but you know partially what joey went through and partially me getting opened up to my intuition and, and connecting to the source made me know like these signs are not it's not a coincidence that you for instance that jeff goldblum popped up in my feed i just saw him too I saw him the day I sent you the feed. We both saw him in the same week. We hadn't talked in three weeks. He's saying he's, we did a, me and Eddie did an art show in Malibu, and we got Jeff Goldblum to perform, and it was we started feeding homeless because when that happened to me, I started feeling like I needed to help the world and yeah. feed people. And you Joey's paying for a whole crew to feed. Like, we're out in the rain. Yeah. Like, no joke. And I know we jumped ahead here, but we're out in the rain getting soaked, knocking on tents with hot food plates. I'm not the, I'm not doing that. That's not my deal, brother. I'm spiritual and I'll, you know, I'll give a dude a dollar every once in a while, <laughs> but I'm not getting in the S550 and jumping out in the rain to feed fools that don't even want to open the tent because they either they just don't care or they're whatever. And Joey's like, "No, nah, dude, we're doing this." And I'm like, like I told you. Don't know why, but I follow Joey where Joey takes me. You see what I'm saying? And if it's through a fucking burning house or we're going to South Central to, to regulate some niggas, I'm going. And he had me in the rain 
and he was spilling out there beans yeah. all over <laughs> you. And, no, for real, like everywhere. And I and I felt so strongly about this. And and JC was going, "What are you doing?" And I go, "I'm just. I feel like I need to help these people." And I I just yeah. He was spending tons of money doing it too. By the way, just to credit. You know, I don't know if I was spending tons of money. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I was doing things that were out of the norm that I wouldn't normally be doing. But I spend four to f- I did a time to five thousand a month at Nobu. So to go spend a little bit to feed someone. Yeah, so it was it was it's yeah. relative. It's all relative. relative. It's all relative. It is. So it meaning is. that like it looked weird. So she was like, "What are you doing? Like you, you're going crazy." So she you know she pinned Eddie up. She's like, "What? You know he's 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 crazy." But it sounded crazy, and she was panicked because yeah, twenty one years of what we built was crumbling the way we knew it. Yeah, not for nothing, but like I'm telling you, that wasn't Joey. Joey's not getting any. That's just not something either one of us. If any of our friends from <laughs> from the '90s were saw us doing that, they would scratch their head, like, "What in the hell happened here? Like, what rock did you bump your head on?" And we're not bad people, but that just wasn't something you would find us doing. Well, I, I would know. never. You never. You look at Eddie, and you heard the story he said that he told you earlier. He, that's why when Jeff said go talk to him, I'm like, what? The, like, what's yeah, like, I'm not this? Yeah. Is a, you just let me into some new, like some new place that like some life changes. I knew it. You know what I mean? You wake up a certain way your whole life, and mine was make money. I wanted new shoes and the things I didn't have growing up, and so that's how me and Eddie met. Was mm-hmm. I was gonna take care of things, but I was able to turn that into be creative and make movies and mm-hmm. do some other things with it. But you, if you looked, I was like, it doesn't make sense. They even well, when you hear him now, because he, he yeah. understands, obviously, spirituality, because you talk to him and he can sit down and, and, and have a, a full conversation mm-hmm. with you. But then there's that, that, that other yeah, side. Well they, side. well, they say a part of like the Kundalini awakening um, is this, this, this now like understanding of oneness and that everything is connected. Yeah. Um, so if the homeless person doesn't have a meal, somewhere in you, you don't have a meal. Um, that's how I kind of look at things. Like if we can take care of, you know, everyone, we're taking care of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Taking care of ourselves, taking care of everyone. So yeah. I think that, you know, part of, of understanding spirit is having these moments where we are kind of lost in the abyss of what it is. And people like Tage and people like you um, kind of brought Joey into a world um, that he's now expounded upon and brought me into. Yeah, no doubt. I met this brother in Arizona on a boat trip and now I'm here on the, <laughs> on, on the podcast. And yeah. I think... There's a certain energy that people carry. And you don't even know where they're going. You're like, where's this brother going? I don't even know where he's going. But it's always leading to some lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's important to always remember is that a part of waking up to spirit is really opening up to all the lessons that now are coming. But what, speaking on that oneness tip, you know, you mentioned tree hugger, right? And, you, and that's kind of a term that people use when they think about new age, mm-hmm. right. you know, uh, es- esoteric yoga, whatever. You know, another real flashpoint for me was me and, uh, Lisa, we're on our way to Golden Bridge, which right. was where, I'm, where I first started studying with Tage before she had her separation, or before she left there. And there was a tree hanging in the middle of the sidewalk, like a, you know, like a limb. And I went and I grabbed it and I broke it so it wouldn't hit people's heads. I'm thinking I'm doing people. And Lisa freaked out. What are you doing? That tree is alive. It's one of, it's, we're all one. And I was like looking at her like, like you're fucking crazy. Like, you're just looking for something to argue about, right? But at that moment, that's what I needed to hear just to reinforce that whole oneness thing. Because now, like, I, I break leaves off trees. Like, I'm not that serious about it. But it was serious in the moment because I really heard what she said, you know, and the the, the depth of that, you know, like we all are one as living organisms on this earth. 
and how we choose to treat every other living organism is our choice but it's better if you it's you the most important thing if you think about that the oneness because that's my mom asked me she goes because when all this i've been to three mental institutions 10 psychiatrists i've been i've been through it and after they figured out they well they, we tried to say he was schizophrenic but that wasn't flying they were trying yeah. to get me like trying to stick me with shit and i'm like no i'm cool i'm <laughs> <Yeah>. here <laughs> like, they're like we're trying to scratch it maybe it's just heroin you know like no I'm, I'm it's not heroin so they were trying to find all these things and i finally my mom's like well you know back to the drawing board she's like, what do you think happened and i said mom i think somehow i became part of the like the planet the earth like that oneness yeah and I, when i said it i didn't understand what i was saying but when you said it it's exactly what That's happened what it is. yeah it and changes you it definitely changes it you so imagine this the most ama amazing thing that can happen to someone like me and you people that were like brought up in a violent situation we're not brought up but had it around us that yeah. was a real violent situation that somebody could can wake up and have a, an awakening and they call it kundalini awakening which actually has symptoms that look like schizophrenia depression uh, you start to hallucinate you could hallucinate saying you see certain things you go to a, a hospital they're gonna they don't know what to put that they, they don't know what to do to this, is, this is energy it, yeah. based so they're gonna put you like what i went on what i did i it, it doesn't work there's nothing you can do the only prescription is going to tage and doing kundalini yoga that yeah. was that's that's what it was for me you know yeah meditation is key i mean the daily practice key. is important um, yeah, the oneness of wanting to feed the world, all these things. So it was such a polar opposite. I think even looking at like me talking to you, when you started understanding me, I was looking going, is this guy crazy? Like, because <laughs> he was lit. So imagine this, the only one listening. And I started going, oh, fuck, I might be fucked. Yeah, he's like, he's, <laughs> and he's the only one in my corner. To me. Yeah, so they you, ever I said, this is who you got. I'm like, oh, we're fucked. Really? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So we started marching back and he's like, let's go. I'll follow you. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, even, listen, I told you, you know, there's something special about Joy and there always has been. And Thank it's, you. And it's not just because I've been on the receiving side of his gifts, you know, because I think I've contributed my portion. I, I earned my, my keep, mm -hmm. you know, and then some in some situations. But it's like, you know, you have faith in individuals that you meet based on you, you don't know why. That's what faith is. Faith mm -hmm. is, a, is an unproven character, you know, whatever. And I knew something was happening. I believed in the fact that there's things that are not of this world that that are elements in our life. And I was like, this dude is getting hit with something and I want to be there when that shit clicks because I believe, hmm. you know? So no, I didn't understand it. And I thought I was fucking crazy for even listening to you. And when JC hit me up at the Soho house and was like, if you're really his friend, you will get him committed. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, you know, all the things that Joey has accomplished in his life. There is a meaning behind what's happening. It's unbeknownst to us and we may never understand it, but I'm along for the fucking ride because that's my boy. And here and now, as everything is starting to materialize, you see what it is. Yeah, you do. And you don't need to know why, which I told you across the street, like knowing why is, is, a, is it's probably something that sets people back because if they don't understand it, then they fear it. Mm -hmm. I don't need to understand it. I just need to be in the moment and recognize what it is and appreciate it. And and even, you know, just to elaborate on that, I remember sitting in Joey's car many times um, this past summer and driving, and, you know, we'd say something, or we'll have a, a, a moment, we'll, we'll have thought just come through, the spirit comes right in the car, and we'll say something, and it, it'll click. And instead of us saying, oh, that's crazy, 
Yeah. But, but like it's understood. Absolutely. It's understood. Yeah. Somewhere deep in us, there's a portion of us that understands everything that's going on. And all we're doing is navigating the space to get there, to yeah. find that in, in ourselves. That's a good way to put it. And it's like our souls know what they're doing. They, it knows. It's, we're confused. We're, we're the yeah. it's just, Circumstance uh, changes. So, it's, yeah. so like uh, you have, you know, soul depression. You don't mm-hmm. know and it's spiritual not depression. Yeah. Spiritual depression. Yes. Yeah. And, it's, and, and even to take it further, um, you know, I think spiritual management is, is what Tage was. Daily practice. You know, just that's, that's what it is. You know, going to yoga, um, waking up with a healthy, organized kind of routine that helps you establish grounds for a happy, loving day. Yeah. Because then if you do that a long time, if you do that for a month, two months, three months, the next thing you know, you'll have, you'll have a happy life that you yeah, really no fall in love with. I and did it almost every day for a year, but it's, I have no excuse. I'm not the butt part I shouldn't even say. I did it almost every day for a year and it changed my life. It does, yeah. So I can only imagine if I had continued in the last five years and done it 300 days out of 365 for five years, that would be a lot of practice and a lot of battery charging and connecting to the source, you know. And you it's know, what would be cool is imagine us being able to take this and help other kids on the streets like we were doing because it may seem like they it, it's so important, it's so, so important that, that people and kids like that see guys like us because they have to. it's hard when you see shamans or people that you can't connect with because you're like, wait a minute, maybe I just did something really wrong and I'm not going to, I'm not ready to do it, but it's not, that's not it. Well, that's what the podcast is for, Joey. That's what we're doing now. Absolutely. Because someone out there is going to hear, you know, I'm, I'm not from a hood. I'm not a gangbanger. I'm They're not in a motorcycle club. However, a lot of my life, I dealt with organized crime on multiple levels. And I have been in the thick of it. I have been in the streets. I have sold dope. I have gotten stabbed and shot. I have, I've done everything you can think about humanly possible that was in that, in that life, in that, in, in that world. But now here I am kicking spirituality to you. So there's somebody out here that will hear this that can recognize I'm, I am a hard masculine man, but I can, I can understand spirituality, which doesn't take anything away from your masculinity. It even it adds really, to it. It really mm. helps you manage it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and not just are you all those things, um, you know, just to kind of piggyback on just your life, because I think also what you've done in the art world, um, just to come come into the yeah, art world. Yeah, we can talk on because that Because I think minute. it's just important to establish grounds for just a certain universality that comes from art. I yeah. think that that's what you represent as like a, a bridge into so many different cultures, people, because like graffiti, the world that you come from, graffiti is like... I didn't really know much about it. I had to do a lot of research, but graffiti is such a, a wide spread like like movement. Yeah, and it's everywhere. Yeah, you know, you see graffiti in in Brazil. It's all over the world. It's I, all over I, the world. The seventh letter has members in every single country. I mean, and can you tell what seventh letter is? Seventh letter is one of, is the largest probably graffiti crew in the world. Street art and graffiti crew in the world. Uh, started by Eclipse from from AWR and MSK, um, and a Gorilla One, which is is me. It was the original seventh letter and. You know, when we started doing graffiti, it was about fighting, stealing, getting, getting up. It wasn't about money. It wasn't business. We weren't calculating the future. We were just having a good time and, and, and trying to get our name up and become famous. For me, I got into graffiti for fighting and stealing, just straight up, I'm telling you. Because, and it was like a family. It was like being in a gang without being in a gang, you know. And I went to private schools my whole life, so mostly I, I, at, at a younger age, I identified with spoiled kids. I just did, you know, white kids spoiled listening to punk rock, Argyle sweaters and fucking, you know, cable knit sweaters and turtlenecks and moccasins from LL Bean. Like that was me when I got here. 
So when I clicked up with these kids that were wearing that shit and spray painting their name on walls, I was like, fuck, this is cool. <laughs> like these rich kids are going in the 7-Eleven and stealing 40s at 18. Like I want to fuck with this, you know? And it was more for like the brotherhood aspect of it, you know? And it kind of just evolved into a business when I wasn't any good at doing graffiti, you know? And I was like, well, how am I going to stay in the room? How am I going to stay close to these dudes? You know, and the way I, I stayed close to people like Joey was by being a meathead that would fucking go off in a hot second and that would go do shit other people didn't really want to do. So I kind of got away from that part of it because that was how I got accepted. And I was like, well, let me see if I can get us paid for this shit. And I went door to door to liquor stores and I said, you want your name on the side of the store? Give me two cases of beer and 20 bucks and we'll fuck knock it out today. And every weekend we were busy. And then it was like, well, we'll spray paint on overalls and every, orders came in. And then it just kind of went into corporate work and you know, selling, pri privately selling art to collectors. Wow. How did you, how did you end up linking up with uh, Retina? Well, long story, but the f to short version is the first time I met Mo, we were, me, Casey, and a couple other people were driving around looking at art, and he had done a mural that had glitter in it. And no one had put, like, thrown glitter on the wall, and it was like this weird thing that he had done, and Casey wanted to go see it. We drove by the mural, and he was sitting on the floor uh, bleeding from just getting jumped. And we were in my truck, and we what, where, what neighborhood was this? We were on uh, Melrose, oh, really? Melrose, and I don't know, like right in the hot, right in the hot spot. So we picked him up, took him to the office, brushed him off, and then we went and dealt with the dudes that dealt with him. You know, we went and kind of just, I think it, they they were at a friend of mine. It was a security guard at a friend of mine's nightclub. So we just went over and kind of spoke to him, and then we, you know, from that, from then, we just became friends. Like we weren't really friends at that time. We weren't enemies, but we were just kind of like didn't fuck with those dudes, and he didn't fuck with us. And then we became really good friends then, and, and he became really close with everybody in, in, in our crew, and, and it, you know, became, he became part of the family that I was part of at the time. And it was, you know, a unique way to me, but it's been love ever since. Um, yeah, no, he did a, Retina did a board for us at... Uh, He's done two uh, boards for us. Two boards, yeah. One, uh, Andy Irons board they did. Yeah, mm -hmm. Bruce yeah. Irons donated <coughs> his brother. Yeah. yeah. Great, it was amazing too, before the art show even started, we uh, the board was sold. Bef we we before the thing before the show we even started, got it back. Really, I it, think it was, was done. Gone. It was sold yeah. and done. So and that's when we got the other board. Money to the homeless, which was what we did it for with that one. And then this new one is going to go towards space between. And so it's like you know, when I peel back the layers of all the stories that you guys have shared, you know, there's this commonality or this common theme of service. Um, and I think that, you know. What we forget about, you know, spirituality, these other things, but like when it comes down to the quality of a human being, um, it's as is that person willing to serve? And I think in your capacity with the artists you've worked with and all things you share with me across the street, you're a, you're a servant. Yeah. You know, like you're you are a servant, Joey. You're pure a servant. I mean, that's why you've created this platform is to serve. You're serving a greater community out there that needs to hear these messages. So you know, when it comes back into spirit, it's it's for me. It always relates to how I grew up, which was kind of church related. Um, and a lot of it was based upon service. You go to church, you do the thing, you go in the choir, you sing, you do this, you do that. And it was so service oriented. And I think that was also a foundation. And we often don't realize the foundations of service that are already in our life when we are born, um, just because we live in a servant society, we don't even realize it. And so I'm so thankful and grateful to be a part of this project because I'm surrounded by service everywhere I go as I've noticed with this project, like even meeting you, like you have this like, almost like this Jesus energy because you are just really just serving at the expense sometimes of yourself, which we all do. 
Yeah. And, and I you know, and Kundalini helps you stay in that moment and in mm-hmm. that vibe. And that's why I need to go to class in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> we going to class tomorrow. No, I think about this. I guarantee I'll be there after this. Watch. But, the, but the, being of service was something I tried sneaking out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I went yeah. to an A class. They said, oh, be a service. You know, they, I go, fuck that. I'm out the back. But I did not understand it because I felt that I could have other people, I could manipulate other people into doing things. And that was me being of service. Yeah. I, got them, yeah. I got them to do it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So my whole life, I was able to like use that, manipulate it and be like, here, do that and dictate and take kind of using controlling ways or intimidation to, to get people to do things I wanted them to do. Yeah. But when I was in the mental institution, and you have somebody and you're like, you're in a mental institution, but you don't feel crazy, but there's someone talking to you for another realm. And the, you know what he says to me? Be of service. So I'm sitting in a mental institution. I have a dead guy telling me be of service. And I'm just <laughs> like, what? And I'm, I'm panicked. I'm like, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm 5150. So I said, well, I'm going to start cleaning piss and shit and just get into it. Get into muckety muck of it. And it had to be within like probably 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I had this like happiness come over me. And, 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 and I was in a trippy situation. And I just felt to start helping and talking to them. And I started giving my money to get Cheetos because everybody wanted the food out of the, the machines, mm-hmm. you know. And I just took that time to be able to change the energy of that place because it was so, so dark in there. And then as I did, I started to feel good. And that's right from there. And I saw the people because there was a lot of homeless people in there. So immediately after I got out of that mental institution and hearing Jeff say, be of service, was I called Eddie. I was like, it was right after that. And we started doing the art shows for homeless because I, I, I'd seen what was happening there. And they were, they were, you know, they were smashing them. And the thing is, is when you start to talk to people in the mental institutions, you actually see that they're not that crazy at all. They're just... A lot of the people were in situations like I was. They're misunderstood. I, totally. And, and a lot of these people, imagine if you, you, you wake up one day and you start hearing things that aren't there. You, you would trip. And if, you're not, if, if we're not equipped to help these people, what do they do? They're, they're on the street. I know. They're go, out here right now. Go yeah. look at the suicide rate for, for men under 40. Mm-hmm. Now, what is that attributed to? Because it's gonna, you're, immediately it's going to go to addiction. All the, but these are people that are medicating themselves because of depression and a lot of these things that could be spiritually based that they don't know and a lot of it is a part of the you know the symptoms um, that come along with having a spiritual or kundalini awakening you know you have moments where you just don't understand what the fuck is going on in your life and you start to think that you're crazy i even have moments myself where i think that i'm crazy because i hear certain things that come into my spiritual channel and I'm like, no, nah, I didn't hear that right. No, yeah, you know what? Not if, me. If you hear, I, I forgot <laughs> what me. I was watching, but if you hear something you don't understand or you think is crazy, you need to pay real good attention. To that it. is so true. Because guess what? It, that is it's true. beyond not crazy. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. If you're like, damn, that's a little nuts. No, it's not nuts. It's right on. You that's need to. You very need true. To, We're antennas. Is really what's up. And yeah. if people really understood, you know why I'm so grateful now. The only difference now is, is I'm able to to identify when it's information that my mind is coming up with or if it's a download so when you understand that and you get this and you know it's not you and you're not in control yeah you will be grateful because you're like i was given this and i was lucky enough and grateful to be given this opportunity to now deliver this information with my instrument my body before i thought it was mine i'm running this ball all the way in yeah no doubt ego's like yeah what's up what's up (laughs) you saw me walk in Right. Yeah. You, you have that because you want to be seen. Yeah. 
you know, and it just changes because it's like you want to be of service. And it's, and, it's, and it's even nowadays where, you know, when I look at spirituality, when I come out of class, it's like I'm realizing now that you're felt way before you're seen. And so, like, you know, we have an org field that's around us, mm. you know, that's around us, that protects us. Um, and we don't recognize that. You don't recognize that when you walk in the room, you're already in the room before you get in. Yeah. Your energy's already there. Mm. If you're thinking well, good I mean, vibes, if you're bringing that in, then it go. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I'm disagreeing in one way. Okay. I knew my energy. And I've, I've been, me, and I believe Joey, too. We yeah. know how to, I can make you want to speak to me, and I can make you not yeah. want to speak right. to me. And I can make you come off bread that you don't have, <laughs> but you're going to go find it in your house when I pull up based on energy. I don't have to say a lot. Yeah. I don't have to do a lot. Because when you dealt like, I mean, I dealt, you know, I'm not Mr. Mafia dude, but I, I, we, intimidation has been a, a key characteristic tool that was in my belt ready to go. So I know energy, that's mostly energy. It's mm -hmm. not physical. Yeah. You can look at another man and you can... You know, but it's wrong, though. It is wrong. <laughs> it is it's wrong. wrong. Audience, it's wrong. Okay. Well, no, but think about that. Because <laughs> but that's but energy, when you have like, when you, energy. Okay, he just said something. Because when you have that button that you can click like that and know that you can make somebody respond, it's hard not to use it. It's really hard not to use it. So the more you, the better you get. It's like with anything. It's like exercising or a muscle. You, the more up, you yeah. work it, you get good at it. And I was good at, like, you know, you can make someone really stress out by things you say to them. They start freaking out. You yeah. want to get paid. So... But it's not right because you're doing it out of control. Yeah. You know, their fear. You could do it in all kinds of different ways. I was a master at it. Yeah, no doubt. But I learned Joey's one of my teachers. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm being serious with you. I have, you know, listen, I have very few teachers in my life because I think I know everything, right? And so there's mean. very few people that I've, I've given that title to based on just undeniable things that you picked up from them as mm -hmm. what far as characteristics or methods of how to live your life or, or, or do things. And Joey's definitely one of those people that helped me realize I didn't have to kick the door in. I didn't have to pull a gun out. I didn't have to use curse words or threats. Sometimes you can be real calm in a situation mm -hmm. and it speaks just as loud as breaking something. Sometimes even louder because yeah, yeah. of the energy that you give versus the energy that you like the physical energy that you release. And that's the value of meditation right there. Yeah, yeah, allows you I'm to on calm. some non-yoga shit on that, but on that. But that was. But, but I'm learning real. it now. I'm learning it now from him as well in this new, this new chapter. But, but you said in the beginning, it's so is breathing that mm -hmm. deep breath that for me, every time I guess go wait breathe. I've seen it, because you make decisions. A lot of the bad decisions somebody's make is when they exhale. When you, uh, it's I was not. Listen, I was telling Josh across the street, you know, and Rose, I had a call from a friend of mine who was in a, a car to car shooting. Last week. Freaking what out. You, what did you tell him? Freaking out. I said, hey, bro, listen, stop. Breathe. Just do me a favor. And I, I, I was why he guruing. I, I made him why. <laughs> listen, I'll call him on the phone right now. I, I made him do. No, I did. I said, just do this. Breathe and be quiet for one minute. And then I said, just do, just chant why he grew with me 10 times. I said, if that doesn't bring you to a better place, bro, go for it. And guess what? He did it. He's not spiritual. He's not meditating. He's not going to yoga. I wouldn't even take him to Tejas class. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, yeah, he'd have to go alone, and I'm not sitting next to him. You feel me? Yeah. But it did. It worked. And I told Josh because he started laughing. He's like, no one's ever done that to me. And I'm like, bro, I'm glad I could be the first person. But if do that to yourself when, when I'm not around, like, use that. Now, you me. know how real it, now that's this so is, real. because people will that's go, that's so bullshit. I don't believe that. That's right. fucked. That, that, I'll that, call them right now. Straight up. That is how powerful. And so imagine how many people in jail right now 
committed their acts of crime mm. on their exhale, on yeah, that no, breath no. that they knew they should have just held in. There's a dude that has a yoga Calmed class from Venice. He goes to jails and teaches yoga. This is one of the things that we want to set up. Look, if they in, within jails, they were doing uh, bringing yoga and, and meditation into inner city schools, and it cut the the violence down by fifty percent. Yeah. Now, a lot of times, if you think about it, it's like inner city schools and those types of um, areas that economically are challenged. It's harder to have people. You, you don't have those things accessible. Yeah. yeah, the resources to do that. So I think it's important to have it at schools. I think it's important just from what I've seen. It's it's that powerful. But you because you go in and you do these you know these forms and they look they you look know, weird from you the outside. Weird. Someone would be like, "What's that guy doing? This looks fucking crazy." I mean, I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm gonna keep it a buck with y'all. Doing Kundalini, my first time doing Kundalini, I felt like a fucking freak. I was like, "What am I doing? Tapping my fingers?" But Guess what? Joey why am I tapping Joey, my fingers? Joey wasn't cozy in the first class. I was like, "What am I doing?" He was on his phone. He was tuning out. I was like. You know, and I, I I didn't say nothing. I just sat there and I was like, all right, I get it, because I was the same way, very spe- skeptical. Yeah, yeah, that's how I was with Kundalini. But then what happened? What what made you realize the power of? Um, the room? I think it was, I think it was just, um, like I said, everything cracked for me when my brother passed away. Um, everything that I was doing before, after he passed away, I was doing with more intention. Like even my, I, I teach my own class, my own little version of Kundalini, and it, it's when like when my brother, my brother passed, it was like I got new information. Yeah. I got a new way of teaching, a new way of leading, a new way of guiding. And that's where I lead from now. Um, and Kundalini became a part of it because I met Joey and he got me back into it. I wasn't even going to be involved in Kundalini really besides the couple of times I've taken it. But Joey met me and he's like, yo, yo, you got to go to Kundalini with me. You got to see Tay. But I, I knew. I knew and I just saw knew. him. He just like, when I walked it. by, I saw him. I'm like, who's that guy? Yeah, that you know, and like walk by, I just lit up. I was like, what? And then I, we started talking, and then the next thing wasn't just me though, because there's other people around. Like uh, Goody Jagged saw him, and she's like, "I need to talk to you." And I was like, "I," because I knew I felt he like yeah. he'd done it before. He just you know, but in another life. I mean, yeah. I know he didn't hear, but I that, just feel there's something else happening. And it's know? a new life now that you develop after you yeah. lose someone close to you. You are a new person. I mean, yeah. fuck, you're a new person every day if you choose to be. But losing someone allowed me to see that I actually became a new human being. And now I have another person, like you said, on the other side that's throwing messages. And I don't even know where it's coming from sometimes. I don't know what forms it comes in, but sometimes it may be in a conversation with Joey. It may be when, when my friend Rose drops a line. I'm like, oh, yeah. But then I know where it's stemming from. I know where it's coming yeah, from and why it's, it's there. It's, like I said, it's no coincidence. No but the, coincidence. But the thing is, you know, it's, this, is, this is the most interesting part to me, is that we all have it. It's our God-given right, but it's being hid. Mm-hmm. It's being hit. So to know the most amazing thing that can happen to somebody, because I know like to be violent or to have these other thoughts and to live the way I did, to be opened up, to go through this awakening and, and, and know that I was like, I want to help people. Yeah. I, I love, I, I want to start telling people I love them. And, and it scared people because I, that was such a polar opposite of who I was. So you know what I just thought about when you said that? I, I owned a bar on uh, La Brea and Roberts, uh, sorry, Robertson and Pico called The Joint. And it was a reggae bar. And I'm least likely to be hanging out with some 70 year old black dudes. Right? That's just not my thing. Like, no offense. Please don't take this the wrong way. That's just if you tell me where you were, like, you want to go to dinner with this. That's not that's not my deal. And I met this dude named Sire and I started learning about the oneness through the through Rastafari, Rastafarians. You know, and I met a lot of old black dudes that were wise and I started kicking it and I started falling in love with the music and the words and the meaning. Right. And my partner, Sire, came to me and said, do you think your staff likes you? Hmm. 
And I was like, yeah, I give them free shoes and T-shirts and hats and shit and weed. Of course they like me. He goes, okay. I go, what do you mean? He goes, let's ask them. Oh. So we go to, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> so we go to three people that were working that day, the bartender, the doorman, and the uh, busboy. I said, I want you to be honest. Do you like me? I got three no's. I'm not playing. I got three no's. And they're all, I, I, they're, all of them basically said, I'm afraid of you. That's why I'm, I'm nice to you. Not just because you're my boss, but you're just not a nice person. And you don't, like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm afraid of you. And I was like, wow. And I go, I asked my partner, I go, why'd you do that to me? He goes, because I want you to understand something. Yeah, you can make anybody do anything you want by punking them and making them be, a, and be fearful of you. But imagine if you turn that same energy into love. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck? Are, what do you mean? Like, I didn't get it. But as time went on, I kind of understood that. Like, imagine if you put as much energy into being all angst and angry and make people uncomfortable, making them feel comfortable, making them feel good, making them feel loved. And I don't practice that all the time. Hallelujah. Yeah, no, Hallelujah. Damn, yeah I was I'm about to cry. I'm still, <laughs> no, but I'm, still a, I'm still not an easy person to be around for long periods of time, sometimes even short. But it, it was that was another turning point for me where I really learned a lesson like, wow, you know. Do, when I'm gone, do I want to be the dude that everyone was nice to because they had to be? Or hmm. do I want to be the dude everyone was nice to because they really appreciated and had uh, really wanted to show me affection versus just like, I'm going to be nice to this dude so he doesn't snap on me or I'm not in his bad, bad graces, you know? It's the same like I talked to, you know, Chaz and to my, to my ex-wife and uh, I'll ask him, do you believe what's happening? And they'll be like, no. Well, do you think I'm a better person? Yes. And I'd be like, you think I'm a better person, but, but you, you don't, but you, you don't believe what I'm telling. So it's hard because they just, it's hard for them to kind of like, I think for anyone because of the way we're taught, you know, my, my, uh, ex JC was reading books, every spiritual book on the planet when this happened, she had like a stack of books she had been reading. And so when I broke open, I, I, I was like, yo, I think I, I, I think I got books. I'm in book. one of your books. Yeah. Some of these, like, I can, like for real, like I was like, cause I started looking at the backs of them and you know, I was like, I, some of this stuff was happening to me, mm -hmm. but I think it was so much for anyone that you're, when you're used to, you know, seeing things a certain way and you're used to it, it's very, you know, that's the way it is. That's what it was. It's just hard to believe. Yeah. But I think the more that we talk about it and make it to where like like this. Like yeah, open forum, man. Yeah, because it it's so normal. It's it's our right to do it. It's a, you know, when you start talking about God, it, people go, Oh, that's so shit. But what's the big deal with that? I don't understand. You know what I mean? I mean it's deep because I'm not talking to different religions, you know, because yeah. that's the, that's where you start to get into that that uncomfortable. Division, never talking yeah. about politics or religion. Why? Because it's that judging, not the politics, take that out. But the religion is because of the guidelines they put on you. And ultimately, when you're having an awakening, if you have a Jewish guy, a Muslim guy, a Sikh, a Buddhist, black dude from Compton, some dude from China, the same, you go interview each one of them, they're going to tell you the same thing. I feel closer to this guy right here, the guy right next to him. What do you mean? I don't know. I just feel closer to him. Yeah. That's not about a religion. That's just about a oneness that yeah, we all have. Like all roads lead to one. So when you look at that and you start to go like, wow, why isn't, why aren't hospitals like set up or something? Because I know I was, I went from mental institution <coughs> and, 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 you know, you have schizophrenia, you have these different things. But until I got into a support group like Kundalini Yoga, 
I was done. Like I was gonna. I don't know well, what. Well, America, done. for one thing, likes to keep us sick because it's profitable. I'm gonna just say it. I mean, because if you go around the world and you, a lot of these places have protocols for spiritual awakenings. Like if you go to Brazil or you go to, you know, Indonesia, you go to these places. They're set up. You go there and they have exactly what. Oh, you you are you okay? I got it, Shaman. Okay, here I'm gonna send you to Bahia. I'm, I need to see this person. Take this med. They have a certain protocol here. Our protocol is give you some medicine and tell work. you you're crazy. Yeah, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. We're no. in the business. It just doesn't work. We're in the business of managing illnesses, not curing illnesses. Mm-hmm. You know. But I watched I watched a show the other day on CNN that you should see, Joey. It's called Chasing Life, and oh, it's yeah, like Anthony know. Bourdain, but it's all about health and wellness. And Indiana. he goes to India. <coughs> And he asked this prime minister of India, what do you think the key is? Is it like, Gupta? Something like that. Sanjay, Sanjay Gupta. Yeah, that is. Sanjay Gupta. That's exactly yeah. who it is. Yeah. He asked the prime minister of Sanjay. India, what do you think it is? You have all these people, but not a lot of people are sick. It's not like in America where everyone has an ailment or a disease. And he said, yoga. Straight up. The yoga doesn't cure all, all, all ailments, but if you meditate and have a regular practice and you can, you, you, you fight, you, you're not, you don't focus in on those fake illnesses that come to you and, and manifest based on your thought process and what you think. And I, it was very interesting, the, the episode. I would watch it. It's a great show. I, lo- I, I saw pieces of it. But yeah. when everything happens, it's created in your mind. You create it. Yeah. So when you start to understand that you're creating the universe you live in by the things that you put out, which happens by your feelings, the things thoughts, that have, you know, yeah, thoughts, yeah. the things that your, your lens, how you grew up and how you, you, you react and deal with, you know, life uh, situations. But... Um, ultimately, to to take that energy and to to utilize it to bring it forward to to be able to help people and to do these different things is is I think amazing. No, it absolutely. Is. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're sharing the the gifts of our experience of being a, a, an awakened person or going through the process of awakening because it never ends. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, and I think that's the cool part too that I'm learning is that I always think that I'm at a certain level in my life where I get it. Then somebody shows me that I don't, or an experience shows me that I don't. And I think typically when I was younger, I'd get pissed at these situations and circumstances and be like, yo, why am I not getting this? Like, what's going on? Um, but I'm learning through Kundalini and just honestly, really being in LA and even being around the midst of this energy is even helping me just understand humanity better. Because even being in Venice, you know, you have such a, a hotbed of like wealth, poverty, and everything in between. And we're all trying to mingle and coexist. And so, for me, I think my 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 biggest gift that I want to give um, through this through this lens and through this podcast and even just in the world is just to have a collective every single once a week in Venice or just anywhere where there is this hotbed of energy, there should be a collective meditation. There should be something offered that galvanizes the energy that is misunderstood between the people. Because yogis don't. I mean, it's just I think there needs to be a more um, homogenous. Um, because, you know, either you're a yogi or you're something else. It's like I think the cool thing about Venice is we have everything in front of us to actually help um, produce some healing. Well, Everything's here. It's I think also is being is is taking the information the things we're talking about and talking on a linear level so that people can grasp it. Because when I I talk to other people before spirituality, I wouldn't understand what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, and so it. I was lost. So and 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 I really didn't know what was happening. I was kind of saying some wild shit. I mm-hmm. think they understood what was happening. But when I looked at their gear, the, the, you know, the, the, all the regalia, I was like, I, I, I just, wait, what? <laughs> so, y- you know what I mean? Of I, I, it just threw me off. 
so when I see other people that are like, wait, I can get with that. Oh, okay. So you even talk to Eddie because you just don't see those things. But I think the more that that is, you know, it's open for, for guys like us to talk like that and that it's, it's welcomed and embraced. I think the more that that will open up and people feel a little more openly about, about sharing with others and, you know, yeah. like, you know, people hug each other and they see each other like, yo, what's up? But like, are they going to, you know, and you, I, cause that was a weird thing for me. When someone go hug me and they hold on for a minute, I would be like, yo, get off. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's creepy. Like what? what? He's like, no, I'm feeling the hurt. <laughs> I hugged from the right. I'm like, what? Why the left? Like why? I was coming in. I bumped his head. Like he wanted, he, and we were like, right, like that. Right. And then when I wanted him to release me, he just kept holding me. But after a while, <laughs> no. it, when I did, I was fighting it. I was fighting it. Yeah. It was just like, remember Jorge? He fought it. He fought he like did. a bag of potatoes. You he grab him in the feet. Yeah. I had to wrap him up a little bit. But after I was like, just embrace it and, and accept it without like being too macho for it. Yeah, no, I no. was like, let's go with it. I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. No doubt. You know what I mean? No doubt. And then it, it, but it's different. It, it, is, it different. is different. It is different. It yeah, is but different. That's, but that goes back to society and but that's, the restrictions. That's bravery. Like that. That's when they say a warrior, if you can do that and not be afraid to do that, right? Because you want to be like, oh, that's, that's, that's what they mean by the silent warrior. You could just be like, I got this. I'm not, I'm, I don't fear anything. Yeah. This is, I'm going to show this, th my intention here to this brother and be like, this is what's up. I love you. You love me. Let's like, this is what's up. But it doesn't mean that you can have a difference of opinion. And, you know, but I think that you have to know when to lay the sword down. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a balancing act as well, you know, no that we all deal with. That's allowing though, you know, like I think Tage talks a lot about allowing and so does Michael Beckwith. It's like, you have to allow, you know, like a lot, what I've learned a lot of times from directly from, you know, doing Kundalini and becoming more patient, which I'm not very patient still, but you're going to get the same outcome. And it comes better if you don't have to force it because the person giving it to you feels a lot better about the fact that they did it on their own accord versus you punking them or manipulating them into hurrying up at your pace. And sometimes if you try to make people do things it's not what's supposed to happen but you make it happen anyway and then you're you're you're, you're screwed because you got some shit you didn't need that wasn't good for you but if you just let the universe allow right. that goes back to the sword i got all kinds of tricks and tools i can use on people to make them do what i want but is what i want the best thing for me or that other person N sometimes it's not so you gotta let the sword down you gotta just be button up and be quiet and, and allow the universe to bring you your 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 your, your treasures and your opportunities and the other thing is, is that just when this happens, because for me, the other thing is, I, I thought that everything was just going to be different. Okay, I chose this other life, so it's just going to change now, right? Like fairy tale shit. But it doesn't. You still have the polarities of having to deal with those things. It's just having the balance to be able to deal with it in a calm way, mm -hmm. you know, versus the other way where you react. And you like for me, I would spin out all the time. You know, I got this, uh, this dog. It was a shit town trained police dog. Where is it? I sent it to Mexico where it came from. It was a, the dog, listen, seriously. So I got this dog. I bought the dog. I wanted to get the papers for it and I couldn't. I spent $8,000 on the dog. I ended up getting the papers for the dog. The dog, they found the dog in Mexico. It was just, but, so they trained this dog that shouldn't have been trained. It's like giving a kid a gun. And so I, I had this dog and I, I, I would end up taking a yoga with me and I just couldn't deal with it, but I couldn't give it, I didn't want to give it away because mm -hmm. I was like, if I do that, it shows, doesn't show right. Mm -hmm. And the dude, the, the, the one yogi dude looked at me and he goes, you remember, people know how you treat your dog is how you treat your friends. And I didn't think, and when I walked away, it like hit me, like I was like, damn. Cause you know, universal love is everything. Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. the dog, the bird, everything. The plant. The plant, really. So when they say tree huggers, there it is. Well, but no, I, I, I knew that something was shifting in me. This is recent. This is like two days ago. I was in the same studio, and there was a, a, a an, an earwig. And I really don't like earwigs at all. <laughs> I think these bugs are disgusting. And there was like three of them just crawling together like a little family. And I escorted every single one of them outside. I like literally, I, I usually, usually I crush them joints. I'd make yeah. fun of it. I'd, I'd like have fun with it. I like put a little card on them. I was like, come on, little earwig. And I walked it outside. That's and cute. that, That's for cute. me, that was a big moment for me. Yeah. The airwig. For those moment. of you that can't see or watch listening. <laughs> My man doesn't look like he's going to put the bug on an envelope. I mean, he's not the scariest looking dude in the world, but like you would think my ex-girlfriend's going to do that, not my boy, you know. And I still crush bugs. I'm sorry. I'm guilty of that. I am. I do. I don't. The sp- little the spider, the mosquito eater, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm not walking them out. So I'm not out. there yet. I need to evolve a little more. But I don't, I don't, the good, good on you though. That's good. <laughs> but what that does is just no let kudos. you know that you're actually just thinking. So whether, like, you know, you say you wouldn't kill a fly. Yeah. But that's, but it starts putting you in a mindset because you thought about that. You know, Usually I would have just stopped to do it out. It's just letting you know that you're thinking about things before you do it. You so know? being conscious. That's yeah. what it's being conscious. conscious. That's what it exactly is. Yeah, what exactly what it is. And that's what we're, what we're all talking we're about. We're woke. Woke. Waking. Woke up. Woke. Um, so what, what would be a last kind of um, tidbit of information that you could give the audience just to help them get through um, their own understandings of spirit? Like from your own perspective, I'm, even. I mean, listen, I don't. That that question's above me, my pay grade. It's not though. It's <laughs> not. No, it's it, not. It really is. This, 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 okay, this is the. I, I can't help anybody understand their. You can know. You can. Because I cannot understand my own. But what I will say to anybody that wants to listen is, you know, Kundalini helps all at facets of your life, internal, external, family, love life, diet. You, you just being conscious is probably one of the key, the most key things that a human being can do at this point on this planet because it will change the decisions that you make on every level and it will better your life and the people around you. So I suggest anybody that's on the fence, that thinks it's not cool, that I'm I'm not worthy. There's lots of reasons that we struggle through getting in that room and and praising yourself as who you are or going Mm. back to who you were as a child before you fell victim to human circumstance. Go to class. Satnam. Yeah. Sat. That was Why that was Beckwith right there. Right. <laughs> get a yoga mat, get a pillow, get you some white. How about you, Joey? Pants. What would you say? What would, what would be a, a, little, a little gift to leave the people with? Just something, you know, help them get through. On that, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Wahe Guru Satnam. Yeah. Um, and for me, um, I think gratitude is the foundation and the key to unlocking all the doors that we've hidden from ourselves in our lives. Um, maybe those doors are doors towards happiness, joy, um, doors away from shame, um, all these things we've kind of um, almost hid from ourselves. So I think gratitude is an opener every single morning. So this is a fact, 151,908 people, check me on that, uh, pass away every single day. So when you wake up tomorrow, if you do, God willing, um, smile. Because I think that is how we should choose to wake up to every day is with a smile. Because if we're not grateful for the day, the day is not going to treat us with grace. So, yeah, that's me. Thank you for checking in to the space between. See ya. See ya. (laughs) Peace out, (laughs) y'all.